dystopian fiction has been moved to current affairs. Hello and welcome to Dystopian Fiction has been moved to current affairs. Uh, this is our fifth episode mm -hmm. and we are very excited to be here. I am Claire and uh, this is my co-host. Um, I'm Marsha. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about Don't Look Up, which was a yes. film that came out in 2021, end of 2021, um, and which I saw at the time and thought was really amazing. And I have to say, yeah. going back to it, it was still amazing. No, so I'm happy I about think that. I'm, I'm finding that's quite common with a lot of the things that we do the episodes on. So that was a very awkward introduction for me. <laughs> yeah, we haven't recorded in a little while, so I was just like, no, okay, right. we'll do just I start speaking now? Anyways, <laughs> no, I feel like that's that's kind of what I'm finding the pattern is with these things. It's like, oh, I've, I've watched this film, I've watched this show, read this book ages ago, and then I go back to it to like refresh myself. Mm. And like, it's actually really good, but weirdly. This film didn't really get that good reviews, I think. Or no, they seem to be like really mixed. Um, mm. And I don't know whether... I was wondering whether this is a bit like kind of when we were talking about Barbie last time, where mm. it's like some people really got it and yeah. some people were like offended by it or like, you know, felt <laughs> that they were being... But it's stupid. It's it meant is... to be ironic. Like, I yeah. don't... I was, I was just looking at the notes pre to this and it was like, it was talking about the... I was saying to Claire, um, so Alistair Campbell, I was like, bit, wait, I was just reading the bit on where he was talking about woke and stuff and yeah. the woke brigade. And it's like, oh, like, you know, there's, you know, the, we're talking about the us and that. We'll talk about it more later in the actual, like, once we get talking. But it's like the us and them sort of thing. But like, yeah. especially when it comes to movies like this, it's these people who kind of like, who like go after people who consider themselves woke or whatever, mm. or like, oh, you're trying, you know, you, you got like everyone, you know, classed as sensitive, you know, these people are classed as sensitive and over the yeah. top. And, stuff. and then, but these same people then get angry about <laughs> like a movie. It's stupid. Yeah. It's meant to be satirical. Why can yeah. you not just take the joke? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, I mean, that's exactly it, is, like, the fact that people get angry over there or don't understand it or, like, oh, this is rubbish. It's like, this movie is about people like you and you still... <laughs> it is laughing at you and you still, like, you still do the same thing. It's just mad. It's really stupid. It's really... I know. I, it's, it's comical. It is really comical. It is. But, and I suppose yeah. that's something to bear in mind that this... We're looking again here at a film that is a is a comedy, mm. and you know that's very much how it works on one level. Um, we are going to be digging deep as we always digging do, but <laughs> um, but we're also you know it is it is funny um, yeah. as well because it does no, it, is, obviously yeah. it goes to the extremes and things like that. I was sort of assuming at this point that if you're listening to our mm. podcast, you are also <laughs> you know watching and reading the things that we refer to. Um, mm. But uh, if you have not seen this film or if you have forgotten this film, uh, it's essentially the story of um, a an astronomy professor and mm -hmm. his PhD student. Um, so they are Randall and Kate and uh, Kate discovers a comet, uh, mm. which it turns out is heading on a collision course with Earth and will hit in just over six months' time from discovery. Mm. A fact that will be a, um, a mass extinction, planet destroying, mm. end of times event, um, <laughs> which is taken to be of 
uh, not the greatest importance by the President of the United States. Um, and the story basically goes through what are the different options for dealing with this? Yes. Uh, the one that will save the world versus the one that will make the most money. Uh, so time, time old question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Classic. Yes. I, I think it's also, I think in terms of the reception to this film, it kind of came out in that weird bit after COVID where there mm. wasn't like these big, cinema sort of like releases yeah. big screen yeah. like I think it just came out on Netflix like was it like it a Netflix had original 10 film? days or something in cinemas limited release, oh, did it? For the okay, limited release. yeah I didn't know that I looked it okay. up to see when yeah. it come out yeah no because that's that I just remember like watching it at home mm. and it being really yeah. I, I watched it with my parents or something which I think they found it really quite funny and it's mm. like it I do I enjoy like like watching things with my parents are the kind of generational opinion differences Fair to say, I, I didn't watch this with my parents and <laughs> they probably would not have found it funny um, but uh, um, yeah I know what you mean um, I suppose it is that thing isn't it that it's the sort of film that perhaps um, would have had a slightly different reception if it had been mm. a cinema you know principal cinema release rather mm. than a um a netflix release but we're we are fully kind of understanding that this is um you know this was a, a film that came out um at a tricky time and also mm. at a time when um it was released in the post-trump era yes but it would have been presumably being created at the time when we didn't know what was happening um, in the 2020 election. And so as I said, it came out at the end of 21. But um, yeah, I think that that's, that must have played into kind of how it's been created. And we're also fully acknowledging straight up that we understand that this is a metaphor for, for climate crisis, mm. but we're also going to talk about it from like um, other perspectives yeah. as well as that specifically because yeah, it, I suppose it was controversial about how effective it was as a metaphor but mm. I think that it hits the nail on the head in I terms of kind of and like I think it just goes above and beyond anyway mm. like just the general kind I, it's, it's got a good commentary on just it being I, I watched um, a video recently of the, the fact that the government is incompetent is is just funny now like and it's always a weaponized competence like obviously mm -hmm. but she's like oh the fact that you can't get a gp appointment and the fact that mm -hmm. you can't get a train on time at the very least you know and the fact that it's mm -hmm. so expensive to just live or go anywhere or travel or do anything or the fact that you know you can't actually go out and protest anymore it's a bit mm -hmm. of a joke now like it's yeah. it's a joke and people laugh about it mm -hmm. and it and it's you know and I think you know the, this I, I've watched this film and was like you know we talk about dystopias but it, it's, it's, I think people don't actually understand that we it's kind of I, I feel like I only became politically aware in the last five years of my life you know pretty young I don't know what I was doing when I was like eight years old or you know when the financial <laughs> yeah. crash when I was three I'd you know probably you know playing with Legos or something but but then I because so I don't know necessarily if if it's always been like this or whether in like since I've become politically aware you know I've, yeah. I've gained a bit of consciousness as a, you know a child no, a teenager I mean even though we're looking at sort of you know complex sort of 13 years of, of Tory rule in this country um yeah. and uh so on and uh, yeah I think you know there is the legacy of um you know 2008 financial crash and those sorts of things but I do think that we are 
I'm not saying it's unprecedented because I'm, I'm not a political historian, but we are looking at something that does feel critical, pivotal in mm. many ways. I'm glad I'm not living in a world where it's like, it has always been this absolute mad, like absolutely, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's relevant absolutely for kind of where we start because I think that, you know, on the one hand, people might say, oh, you know, this satire where it's kind of um, mm. parodying the extreme idea of American politics and so on. But I don't think it feels that extreme. And, you know, as I said, this was mm. two years ago, um, almost, that this came out. But, you know, I think we're seeing the same, it's similar to things we talked about in the past with stuff like populism mm. and so on. But this idea that people in power have a greater interest in their own political agendas than actually the good of the society that they serve um i think is at the heart of the um the film and it's also something that we really see especially at a time when um for example if a party is struggling and they're seeking uh you know to to mitigate losses in the next election or to uh, try and uh, try and cling on to power in any way possible um then that may not have anything to do with actually uh, what is what is good for people but rather trying to tell people that you're doing something that is good for them regardless of whether it is or not and that i thought was really kind of like the presentation of the president sort of encapsulates that for me in this this film um so again for people who haven't seen the film recently we have this, mm -hmm. this scene where yes. kate and randall eventually um you know they're flown out to the white house to share mm. this pivotal news mm. they're not seen for seven hours um they're put up in a hotel overnight um and instead what uh, the president is interested in is that there's been the first of many scandals about their party's appointment to the Supreme Court. This guy called Sheriff Conlon, who we're told uh, doesn't have a law degree, has a policy of uh, shoot now, ask questions later. Mm -hmm. And what else do they tell us about him? Oh, yes, that he you do nude modelling and got around <laughs> sessions uh, and that he so funny. did soft porn. So all of these things <laughs> are causing small problems for them mm. in appointing their preferred candidate to the Supreme Court. Um, plus, it's also somebody's birthday. So there's like a whole <laughs> thing. Like, oh, we've got something now. And they're singing happy birthday <laughs> to somebody. Funny. I think also just like what is effective in the film is like the build up to them getting to the White House. It's yeah. like, this, you know, they call the planetary defense people yeah. and suddenly they're like whisked off like into this like army aircraft, yeah. like getting there as quickly as possible. And they're feeling all that like self important like mm. um, Kate and what's the doctor's mm. name? Randall, Randall Mindy. Randall, Randall mm. Mindy. Kate and Randall Mindy, you know, they're feeling very self important. And they get there and it's just like, just, uh, you know, they like reach brick wall. It's just, they, and they yeah. can't get through. And it's like, you can see their frustration because they are like, mm this is mad and it's uh, you know I can imagine that is how how it is like well it's I think yeah I mean there's a really I think it's some really interesting sort of things that it, it raises I mean there is this thing about kind of like what does it make a government look like um but there's also something else that you raise there which is this kind of what place does expertise if somebody comes to you and tells you I have this information that is absolutely critical to the well-being of the society you represent I need you to do something about it. You expect to have a response that goes, oh my God, everybody's going to die. We need to do something about this. And that's not the reaction that they get. Mm. They're in the Oval Office eventually. Um, and instead we get all this um, 
quite brilliant stuff about um you can't say that it's a hundred percent the case that people are going to die and they're like well they the fact is that it's like 99.78 percent uh guaranteed that this comet is going to wipe out the planet and the president is like well let's call it 70 percent like it's nowhere near 70%. no nowhere near um, yeah and sort of this attitude towards um, expertise, which I think is is um, mm. really, really interesting as well. Yeah, 100%. And, well, as like, I was talking to Claire about my studies as well, just uh, doing biomedical sciences and that, you know, on my Excel spreadsheets. But the understanding of like general, people's general understanding of statistics, I hate statistics. It's <laughs> awful. They're terrible. Just hate numbers. But it, it's, it, is, it is that sort of thing of like, I, yeah, you know, they they say in the movie, I was like, it's like a ninety nine point nine percent chance for ninety nine point six. So it's like, oh, but it's not a hundred. It's not. No, right, but, that's exactly. like, but you don't understand that. That I mean, obviously, like, yes, it isn't a hundred percent. But statistics wise, like that is, I don't, yeah, it's such exactly. a significant. There is, there is, like the the chances of it not happening is so minuscule. Like yeah. it is, it's it's crazy. Absolutely. I mean, I think that there's there's sort of three levels on this kind of treatment of experts that is worth considering. I mean, one is a point that I think becomes very interesting, which is the importance of experts being able to communicate with their relevant audiences. I think it's, yeah, this, I mean, uh, my tutor was saying, I mean, um, you know, I I feel like this is something that I'd quite like to go into is being able to like, like I think you called it like communicative science but I need to I need mm-hmm. to research more about it but it is being able to like translate mm-hmm. these things to like just common people not common people okay not common people that's camera I was like I'm gonna get cancelled. <laughs> not a scientist. No, no, we're just thinking. Just thinking about the pulp song. That's what we're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to be like common people. Exactly. Exactly. But no, as in, you know, someone who's not in this, like an expert in mm. a field. Like, and you know, and and this is, uh, I think, like if you're, for example, thinking about like for you know, COVID vaccinations mm. and like yeah. that's, you know, I guess that's like uh, just because of my expertise is like biology and stuff. But you know. There is so much research, like the way that science is done and like mm-hmm. peer reviewed and peer assessed before anything can even be like published. And it's like, it is so thorough, but I don't, you know, someone who doesn't, he's not in that field, doesn't understand that for something to like be put out there and like inf- when information is put out there, it is it, like it it's 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 thorough and and, yeah, and that like and that's exactly. what makes it frustrating is like you know there are people out there on twitter on mm-hmm. facebook forums who are like oh my god the measles mumps and rubella vaccine causes autism yeah. or just something stuff that's, yeah like you're right that. I mean, stuff that has been has been disproven multiple times i do know that the the impact of that um false study has been so much more dramatic than the impact of the things that have subsequently disproved it. Yes, and I do think that exactly. your point about anti-vaxxers and particularly post-COVID does ring mm. very true. Like with this idea that, like, it's partly the idea that kind of Randall can't quite communicate effectively, effectively because he's just like spouting out kind of numbers and things. What is it that Teddy says to him? Um, no math and he's like but it's all math <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no and exactly and this is this is i feel like this is that sort of um bit of a brick wall between mm, you know the yeah. public and yeah. like these scientific experts and then yeah. it's, it's this like this almost um 
you know you're lost in translation it's like yeah. a language barrier you yeah know, no one no, no one's gonna care because it's boring and especially with the way yeah. that like you know the news cycle works you're constantly scrolling yeah. you're looking for the yeah. next thing to like get that little Good. dopamine yeah. hit and yeah. you know you know you're sat there and you're just like oh, so I really want to hear about this like man who's nattering on about you know the facts of yeah, exactly. And I mean, Kate, by contrast, manages to communicate this very clearly. Um, but as we'll go on to in a bit, once they get into kind of the media, she gets a much more adverse reaction. But it did make me think about another thing with regard to experts, which is that on, you know, there's another level to which you would expect within the context of politics. Um, and I hear lots of things about how this is not done. But uh, the idea that um, a politician should be able to um, through their staff, through their kind of uh, the people who synthesize this material for them should be able to understand the recommendations that are being made to them by mm -hmm. experts. And to a certain weird degree, the chief of staff, who is the, the son of uh, the president, so President Orlean and her son Jason, they both are like, oh, yeah, well, we 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 will listen to experts, but they won't listen to these experts because they're not from an Ivy League university. They're from mm. the University of Michigan. And even though, um, you know, it's pointed out that you know, these are established professionals from a, a, you know, a strong astronomy department and so on, they're, they're you know, it's not until our people, the people who went to Harvard, um, yeah. and implicitly the kind of like our mates, the ones who are kind of, you know, in our circle, they're the ones mm -hmm. who will have to approve it. Um, no, hundred percent. It is, and it's that kind of like name dropping. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge thing. Obviously, like we're mm -hmm. in the UK, you know, the the Oxford Cambridge, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've got a friend who's at Oxford and she is surrounded by like these people who do seem like they're in a, a circle like a little mm. ring and I mean I know yeah, you know and you know. I think like these universities institutions doing so this is now a completely different conversation topic but you know <laughs> having huge leaps to like try and incorporate more people with different backgrounds but yeah no like I'm at University of Sheffield and it is part of like the Russell group but even my mm. own family members were like oh are you sure you don't want to apply to some London unis like you yeah. know you know you know an integrated master's mm -hmm. from UCL is so much better than like an integrated master's from like Sheffield no one's heard of Sheffield and I was like that's untrue no it's, it is untrue and it's also the case that you know so I teach for the University of Wales Trinity St David which is mm. does not strip off the tongue it's fair to say <laughs> and again you know a university that many people would uh not say they'd heard of or whatever mm -hmm. um in terms of specialising in the particular kind of subject and teaching this idea, well, that's something that they are very good at in the same way that, you know, I would recommend to a student to go to a university that was good for their their subject, um, which may not be the same as going to a top named university. But to go back to what you said about peer review, if people are researching, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter where they're doing that research, they're, from, they're still yeah. going through the same process. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, you know, this elitism, this snobbery on this, the one yeah. hand and the rejection of expertise on the other seems mm. to, you know, ring really strongly in this film. Mm -hmm. um, you were mentioning this um, book by Alistair Campbell that we've uh, uh, drawn on a little bit mm. for today as some background. Um, we'd really recommend it. It's called But What Can I Do? Why Politics Has Gone So Wrong and What You Can Do to Fix It. Very mm -hmm. much up our line of um, of mm. thinking. But the reason that um, we referenced it really was it does pick up on this idea about experts. Um, so listeners who are in the UK will probably, um, uh, possibly anyway, remember um, that 
uh, Michael Gove was the one who notoriously said during uh, the Brexit referendum um, that the people of this country have had enough of experts. And <laughs> we only went on to see, you know, more of that in terms of the handling of scientists during COVID mm. um, and indeed the outcomes of Brexit, um, which, you know, facts versus false information, I think, played a big part in um, how the the result of that vote and people's consequent um, uh, change of opinion over how the vote should have gone because they feel that they've had their eyes open to kind of the the economic truths that were not um, given to them in the uh, in the referendum. But um, I do think that there's a you know, kind of this populist view that actually kind of individual common sense um you know is better than expert elite kind of um academic wisdom or whatever um and it's certainly something that you know donald trump um if we use him as a parallel for president orlean in the in the film mm. um uh, you know this is a president who uh, told people to drink bleach to beat covid you know we are talking Man. about extreme <laughs> kind of anti-science views mad. going on here uh, that proliferate you know amongst the um uh, the sort of make, make america great again kind of group and so on who are mm. also parodied a lot in this film um so yeah there's something here about kind of like how politics um does interact with with uh, experts mm. um um uh, but also the idea that politicians have their own agendas to uh, to sort of focus oh, yeah. on. Um, President Orlean um, and how, how she's presented. I mean, what did you think? I mean, it's a great performance, of course. Uh, of course, um, yes. Um, um, being brilliant. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just haven't really seen, like, I, she's such a great actor, but for some reason I personally haven't been exposed to that much of, like, the movies or things, except from, like, Mamma Mia. One of the odd things about Meryl Streep films is that I think she's so unique across them that if you're not thinking, oh, that's Meryl Streep, you don't necessarily yeah, recognise really? that that's who it is. And I think that Leonardo DiCaprio is another actor Ooh. who is increasingly like that, plays such diverse parts, yeah, that actually yeah. stops necessarily thinking, oh, that's, you know, that's Leo, as it used yeah, to be yeah. when I was a kid or whatever. Um, he's yeah. you know, amazing, I think, uh, is, in yeah. his diversity of, of roles. Well, this is the thing is like I feel like he was a bit of like you know he was you know, back in back in his day. No, I mean he's thriving. You know he's still a great mm -hmm. actor, but back in his day because he was like this attractive young actor. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I feel like he Titanic was just kind of, influence. you know yeah. the Titanic influence. Yeah. Like, but now I feel like you know he's you know he's you know he's still fine. So fine, you know, but he's up there in his age, just not as not as yeah. fresh looking, and that's fine. That's gonna as, as he should probably remember when picking his girlfriends. You know. <laughs> anyway, um, exactly, exactly. But you know, like, but you do realize he actually is a, a good actor. Like now that he doesn't have that sort of like, yeah. it's the looks. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, to answer your question, no, I I think. I, she was, I think there's a lot of really good satirical characters because they have the sort of like Elon Musk, um, mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos sort of guy. What's his name? Yeah, yeah, the tech judge, Peter Ishowell. Yeah, um, him, like he's also yeah. the, like a sort of character of those mm -hmm. like, you know, very rich tech sort of, mm -hmm. um, you know, billi billi billionaires. Was he billionaire? Yeah, I mean, and his relationship um, with the president, I think, is one yes. of the really interesting things. Mm. Well, let's talk about his character and the relationship yes. because that kind of goes. Yeah. together i mean um, creepy i think 
<laughs> yeah creepy yeah yeah very very much so oh, what's, what's the other one who's the guy with meta oh my god um jeff bezos elon musk zuckerberg yeah zuckerberg that's the one yeah, yeah. i feel like that's it's gotta be yeah. it's gotta be a little yeah. bit of him in and there there's also, you know there's quite a there's a steve jobs vibe as well to the mm. actual kind of launch of um um of their um new phone products when that first yes. uh gets launched um, oh yeah that's seen introduction. the first time yeah no, exactly yeah no i mean it there's no shadow of a doubt it's like meant to be sort mm-hmm. of a, a play on i mean there's also um what was another film? Oh, like I think we, when like Glass Onion came out. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They exactly. had like that's You know, I enjoy yeah. a bit of those, but um, no, he was definitely like yeah, definitely creepy, and also the way that he, uh, you know, the, so in the in the movie, the you know the scientists come up with a way of like basically what are they trying to deflect the, the yeah comet sort of di- di- direction yeah nuclear blasts and you know everyone sat there waiting for these like you know i think the, these like nuclear missiles take off and mm-hmm. but then suddenly they're coming back down to earth and then here comes this you know the the, the billionaire and goes no, mm-hmm. no 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 my experts my scientists have just yeah. informed me you know there's there's you know an extravagant amount of very important yeah, minerals on this planet. Yeah, 140 trillion, I think, is the is the uh, number just, that he comes up with over there. This is also, I, I'm sure that's like a completely made up, like <laughs> the script sort of thing. But I, I what, what, I'm, I've, I have a struggle to not a struggle, but I, I think I have a very loose understanding of economics and like mm-hmm. what what does that money actually mean because as far as I understand like there's a finite amount of it <laughs> and like what does it where who is purchased what's the per mm. who is purchasing that who is what's going on like how's that how'd that even work it, and also isn't it like it doesn't the value of something mm-hmm. decrease depending on like the on the abundance of it you know like supply and demand like mm-hmm. okay maybe and you know and there's there's this narrative so oh you know they stop this deflection of this comet and and they they market it that everyone's like why is why have we stopped and this guy comes in he's like all of this money could be ours and it would create a bunch of jobs you know this Mm -hmm. big thing created jobs you know like politicians take on it for the public um the spin thing i think is really important i mean to go back to this idea that you know she's worried about the kind of results in the midterms because of the scotus um fiasco that's going on and then she needs a boost in the midterms that will deflect from the fiasco so then she decides that actually it'd be better to announce a world ending um comet after all because um then she can present herself as like the savior figure um and so that's like a whole sort of side of that but then you're right we discover that the power really is you know we get told that he's you know, what's like what is it a platinum eagle donor or something i can't remember the exact mm-hmm. phrase but like top dollar donor and therefore he's allowed this access which again reminds us of you know again, not quite the same level but this idea of kind of like in in british politics about mm. um you know the contracts that were given out during covid to um uh, supporters um of the government and yeah. uh, businesses that would um that are donors and yeah. um uh family members of yeah. uh, politicians and so on. so that kind no, of exactly. cronyism and what donation can give you access to this is a much bigger problem in the states um mm. generally i think but 
the idea that he could walk into that room and it's the way he he kind of like calls the president Janie calls her by her first name and kind of like mm. sort of snaps his fingers and is like now out and yeah. then changes this entire policy that I think is um you know making a real point about democratic rule this thing about Peter Isherwell being a businessman um I think is is something that comes up in a in significant ways in the film firstly he has this kind of persona that first of all comes mm. across as as really like humble or whatever mm. so what what is it when he just before he walks on stage that they uh they say about um him that uh uh something like you know no no loud noises or sudden movements are permitted oh, from the audience <laughs> <laughs> that quite um so uh yeah you know there's uh he's this this weird little terribly kind of humble sort of introverted man who turns out to actually be well something very different from that. yes um yes, indeed. and somebody who is really kind of like again very name droppy in terms of like his experts he's like oh there's Nobel Prize winning scientist working mm -hmm. for me and he has said this um but Randall later in the film reminds him you know sort of says but you're a businessman why are my colleagues being um dropped from this project when they uh raise questions over the fact that you've not peer-reviewed anything you're mm. you know they, they they question your your methods and he's told by Peter Ishwell that this is this is evolution. It's not that he is a businessman. It's like he is a more evolved being, um, <laughs> and therefore the processes just don't apply to him. Mm. Um, and of course, spoiler: Which... his his plan <laughs> yeah. fails. Um, yes, yes, yeah, it comes back to fire. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of that idea of sort of what happens to the experts is one of the things that you know is really really used oh, yeah. through this film both in terms of the arc that Randall goes on um and also this kind of creation of the the us and the them yes. and the them starts incorporating particularly like the experts who claim this about um uh about the comet and um they as you were saying they become this kind of like they're this single-minded uh yeah. you know, liberal intelligentsia who wants you to you know um they want you to look up because then they can look down their noses at you um and so on whereas the real elite in this which is mm. the the president and the, the they don't even try to hide it like in the no. quote that jason says he's like <laughs> you so the working class or like yeah the working class us the cool rich and them and it's them. and it's not it's, it's, it's the it's it's those you know three sort of sections but it's it's the fact that it's not even like we're trying to be down to earth or we are no, no. the burly we are yeah. the above like yeah you know and and i like i i don't know i, I also is really interesting his like use of the like term working class i don't know what it mm. that's like means in america and i but i like obviously like in the uk um you know i think people have a lot of pride for being a working class like especially mm. like up north uh, I, i'm you know i'm from the south very southern like you, you know you can hear i'm like you know whatever bit posh but um you know there's like a certain pride to that um but i don't know like i don't know whether in america that like has a different meaning um i think that what it's trying to draw on almost certainly is this idea that there's a kind of um uh, we want to be the people who are the the workers, the one who work, mm -hmm. pay their taxes, you know, mm. um, uh, want to um, kind of 
you know, we play by the rules. We, uh, oh, this is something that's also in the Alistair Campbell book. He talks about it. And it's like um, the they is the people who are like our, our enemy. And for some people, the they is the government in, in general. But obviously, in this film, and I think in a lot of populist narrative, it gets turned around. It's like the idea that um, there's an ordinary, the ordinary people, the working class, uh, or, you know, the, the non-elite or whatever, they're not being um their their issues are not being dealt with by the elite and so what populists do is essentially to say oh we're um we're not the elite we're we're ordinary people like you we this is like what we're talking about with years and years you know we we mm. think like you we get everything that you know you're saying um and um you're being lied to by this abstract them there's other people um even though the elites in power are nothing like the people that they're claiming to understand um and indeed there's quite some you know interesting discussion and uh research um including a uh a quote about populism that appears in this uh book that i think is worth having a quick look at where um uh an australian who um had uh commented on um something of Alistair Campbell's um, known as sleuth for truth and this is a quotation from him it says populism is the art of agitating disaffected voters to vote against their best interests by <laughs> amplifying problems and not really offering anything in return mm. uh, voting for a populist party is like diving headfirst into an empty swimming pool because you're angry <laughs> that there's no water in it <laughs> and this i thought was exactly what was going on in this this film mm. you know it's a, it's a similar metaphor the idea of basically say you know vote against the chance of saving your life and all the planet mm. you know by supporting us the elite because we are actually doing everything for you because you know go back to your earlier point there's going to be all this money it's going to make jobs and therefore you will be better for it even though yeah. we're taking the risk of destroying the planet yes um you know that's that's we you know we know better because we're listening to you and so we'll just quote back to you the thing that we know you want you know mm. well i think there's also this thing of like like it's not i think there's a bit of commentary at the end of the film as like mm. you know the comet's about to hit is like oh was it ever like w was it enough like what we had mm. and like why yeah. did we think we needed more yeah. and like needed these you know obviously again jobs you know fair play but what yeah. did we need this like yeah. the 300 trillion whatever the figure yeah. was that they said it was like amount of and know. it's that fake narrative isn't it as well because mm. i mean both you know okay we might come back to this sort of you know issues over the metaphor here but the the idea that um the we can put a price on these these minerals um which are uh will eradicate world hunger and things like that. well in and of themselves that as you said is is not the case because it will simply be um you know, more economical for for phone companies to make phones or or whatever but there's this other point which is what kate says in the pub when they're sort of you know having a uh, a rehash of everything that's going on and people mm. start asking you know you've got a white house pass you know what's going on and she says you know this is the truth they're going to let the comet hit the planet to make a bunch of rich people more disgustingly rich mm. So this sort of claim that there will be a sort of again, it's it's like trickle down economics, you know, mm. this idea of you know we'll take all the money and some of it will come down to you, and 
that's what people are being sold this this lie um which is which is definitely um i think um uh, a part of a part of this this idea that you know the people who will be benefited well it really ultimately seems to be bash technologies because they're the ones who hold all the cards in all of this um mm. Okay, so we talked a lot about politics um, and we've touched on some of the stuff about media, but media, I think, is something that we really wanted to sort of dwell on um, uh, as the way it's presented. Um, so in short, we have the fact that the White House basically says, uh, no, we're not going to do anything about this or we're going to we're going to uh, wait and see uh, when they first go to see them. And so the idea is that they will uh, release um, the information to the media um, mm. instead. Um, this is done through a paper called the New York Herald, uh, so they get a story through them. And prior to the article's release, they appear on uh, Randall and Kate appear on a chat show called The Daily Rip. And mm -hmm. this is this is so good, both for the fact that it's you know it's it feels horribly likely, and in mm. fact, when this film came out, there was that um, uh, video made where somebody cuts together. Um, actual footage about um uh climate crisis with the interview and they were like it was like it could be yeah. could be um <laughs> could be the film so yeah. okay talk about the daily rip for me because <laughs> i've been talking for ages no no i mean yeah it is you know the classic sort of morning talk shows it's you know uh, everyone's seen them uh, to be fair i i don't really like does anyone really watch tv like that anymore like i don't really <laughs> like i don't i don't know where where are people watching this no one has that it's all like streaming now so who was actually like who tunes into this like who yeah who, like, she's still oh, watching really? live tv i think that there are quite a lot of people who still get their kind of like news this way yeah i mean through the radio like i can i can see like some driving to work putting on the radio i think that this, i think that yeah i still think it's quite a big thing i mean if we look okay. at things like you know good mo good morning britain and stuff i think i think it probably is still a thing especially as they were these kind of big yes. personalities yeah, and so on. Yeah. um but um you know it's 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 the it's the light version isn't it it's like news light um sprinkled with a healthy dose of of celebrity um gossip rather than actual news i think so i'm just you know looking at our notes it kind of says well we were talking about like the sort of you know it, there's commentary on the bridging between expertise and like you know the public and i think mm. randall yeah. really struggles with that um, when he's you know talking about his like all the, all the numbers and all the statistics and like whilst Kate is very just like mm -hmm. dead on can simply say like there is a huge you know comet like coming towards earth but I think the issue with these mm -hmm. like you know, sort of like chat shows and especially the hosts on them these like journalists I, like I think I was watching um mm -hmm. I was watching um something about um like uh, Gaza and it was this this woman was interviewing this um this this activist this this woman goes on a huge rant trying to explain like the way that the media talks about the um this conflict is so trivial and just like it she tries to explain so you know this activist is really eloquent and um you know she, she's explained exactly dead on like why it's an issue the way how the, like the media speaks about it and like you know and then answers this generous question 
But the journalist completely ignores her. And just continues to just talk about it the same way she already was. It's like completely ignored. Mm. But um yeah. no, but it's also the fact that it always turns into sort of like it's a debate. There's 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 debates about these things. And this is this is uh, Kate yeah. says, how can is it I think she says, mm. how can we not agree that a comet hurtling towards Earth is not a fucking good thing? And that's that's that, and it's also, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a huge issue in the way that um, people who are like activists who come on these talk shows but get passionate over the things that they're talking about because it matters to them and it shouldn't. And they're coming on there to convince other people that it matters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. um, and these journalists are going on about being being pleasant or, you know, we try to keep things light, I think they say. You know, how can you keep it light when you're trying to transmit the information about a, a planet ending event? Because of course what's interesting is the fact that we get this this arc of Randall and Kate. So Kate kind of loses her uh uh mm-hmm. becomes emotionally overwhelmed and get gets yes. uh, immediately turned into a meme and she's uh depicted as sort of um I guess mentally um, oh, unstable. Yeah. This becomes a, a large sort of trope for showing for showing that she cares. Whereas um, Randall doesn't obviously like the kind of the conflicts and so on. So he starts kind of mm-hmm. amending the way that he's talking and fitting in. You know, he's yeah, yeah, and he really steps into that role. Like he does yeah. absolutely a terrible kind of cost to himself and his own own principles part of it that i think is really important for us to bear in mind that is really relevant to these things is this idea not only of the fact that you know he could communicate the sort of the truth eloquently but instead he starts to sort of he becomes the mouthpiece for the white house and so on and starts um speaking for, for bash technology and so on um but um, and basically telling everyone that things are going to be all right, even though he has this growing sense that they're not. But he is this, mm-hmm. um, he is a white man. So unlike Teddy, who mm-hmm. is the planetary defense chief and has been for 15 mm-hmm. years, who is a black man who gets misnamed, who gets um, kind of overlooked, who gets told, you know, you're mm-hmm. the kind of African-American card to play and all of this. And Kate, who is... Um, a younger woman who gets called um, the boy with the dragon tattoo mm-hmm. by um, Jason, uh, chief of staff. So she's yeah. you know, she's a woman with with piercings, with um, sort of more mm-hmm. um, kind of avant garde look, um, and then she has this kind of you know as a woman has this emotional outbreak which then completely undermines her and i think that this is a really interesting thing about expertise the idea that you have to look a certain way you have to sound a certain way it is easier for male voices to be Mm -hmm. heard it is easier for white voices to be heard and of course randall is given the platform and he mm-hmm. is also able to be manipulated. Um, and of course, he is, you know, well, he's Leonardo DiCaprio, but he becomes the um, astronomer I would like to fuck. But again, and that's, but here he is, is like, oh, he's got a platform. But again, people aren't taking him seriously anyway. Like, it's still that thing of like, he is, what he's saying is being dismissed and he's labeled as like, you know, the sexy astronomer I'd like to fuck. Like, that. that is again, it's just like, it goes on to be, ignored and it's it... yeah exactly 
Yeah, and you know, and he, 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 well, what is he? Is he swept away by the power of it? Does he think he's trying to do something good by, you know, he's the only one who doesn't get mm. locked in a random storeroom in the White House um, and so on. Um, and yeah, he's sort of still in the room, but increasingly he, you know, he has the affair. It frustrates me that the wife takes him back. I, d I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Is that an end of world thing? Is it? She says it's because she had an affair okay, with him. Okay, that was quite funny, college, actually. And therefore, but... okay. you know, they're even or whatever. Slow. <laughs> it was quite funny. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, you know, he has a total like nervous breakdown, just, really of a yeah. sort, doesn't he? Um, into, but all of this. I mean, in some ways, I, f I think that we get that that arc where he's like, oh, you know, I'll try and sort of stay positive and not fall into the trap that Kate's fallen into of basically no one will listen if you shout about the fact that we're all going to die. Right. They don't want to hear it. So they will deny it. Whereas like he's like, oh, you know, there's a way out of this and so on. But of course, increasingly, he doesn't believe it himself. Um, and uh there's there's you know he appears on that kids show and he's like trying to explain this sort of music for kids and then right at the end mm. just as he's like kind of losing it and about to to kind of give up on the whole thing um he he he's still on the kids show and he says <laughs> something like he um and now kids go and tell your parents that they they um the white house are all sociopaths and fascists mm. um, it's just like you know this is this is like his again mm. not being able to find a middle ground of sort of convincing no, people. but oh, it's just it is just good. It's just funny, but it's it's true. Like, and, and it's scary to be like, oh, like even when you said, you know, getting locks in a cupboard in the White House is childish. Like these people <laughs> are in charge of like yeah, the whole entire yeah. state, and they are. It's like it's like a playground for them. It's like a playground. Yeah, and I think that that's another interesting mm. one. Which again, we might say, oh, it's just a film. It's just a comedy. But actually, how different is that from the way that we know that? You know the releases about uh from kind of the whatsapp conversations for example the things that were being said mm. by the elite politicians about the normal people the them and us that that created and you know we will come on to the climate crisis metaphor but there is this difference between the sort of poorest people who will be most impacted and the wealthy elites who will be least impacted and yet who contribute most to the crisis so mm. you know i think that all of those layers are being alluded to yeah, in yeah. this sort of you know comedic way mm. I wanted to pick up on something else you said about um, media as well, because I thought um, I was listening to um, the News Agents podcast, which is something I listen to quite a lot. And uh, they were talking about exactly what you were saying about this idea around um, uh, the way that news is now disseminated and this idea that um, when you have kind of push alerts for news and they want to mm -hmm. get these sort of headlines out fast um and news moves on so very quickly and that we're seeing this particularly as you say mm -hmm. with a very complex situation in um gaza and the sort of speed of getting news out in what is an extremely complex changing situation is leading to the risk of disinformation or of not necessarily like malicious disinformation, but sort of things being get, got wrong because news is happening so fast. And again, this idea of like, you know, how important it is for like everybody to have an opinion and for mm. therefore things to become very polarised without the information necessarily um, to support them. So and I think that that's something that, again, you know, if anything, it's worse now than it was two years ago, because we're in a situation where, OK, 
obviously they're not mm. alluding to any specific social media platforms in the film but you know we've seen twitter erode into mm -hmm. horror and become x and mm. all verification is now gone um and the rise of kind of um bots and extreme voices and the proliferation of disinformation um which i think is you know is something that is that journalists are you know really having to reconcile um good journalism with the medium in which it's it's being put out there at the moment and as you say it's about this idea that's like what's particularly for this mm. film there's something that is true the comet hurtling towards earth and then there's there's not another side to that it's not another opinion that is just a fact um so that i thought was was um was really interesting leading us nicely perhaps to that kind of like the whole hashtag mm -hmm. Mm. don't look up just look up and the badges yeah i mean i, mean, I, I, I mean like i think the representation of social media in the film is also just like with the meme thing with Kate. Mm -hmm. I think that was it, it, I mean obviously again it's very satirical and it's very like character of it but you know and and mm -hmm. and the and the hashtags I mean I wanted to also mention the when 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 they talk about taking people off grid uh, when you were saying because like before we continue oh, talking yeah. about that was just um because mm -hmm. that's that's like Kate as like a part of the movie where she's completely not involved anymore where she's just kind of given up and oh and obviously she has that um isn't it the she's got like an, an a food app or something where it's like a eating disorder app or something they're like a diet diet app. yeah that's yeah. just got a diet a diet <laughs> eating disorder app that's sorry that's terrible yeah. diet calendar <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, <laughs> kind of the same well, thing, but yeah, <laughs> could be no, that way. Um, not how they are. God, it. terrible. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, no, she has that like diet countdown and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, diet ends when the world um, ends. <laughs> and oh, which is actually yeah. that's funny. That that's so true. But anyways, no, I uh, yeah, and but because she's been taken off grid, her parents don't even let her into the house because they're like. It's one of those like no, yeah, no politics at the dinner right. table kind no of thing. Politics. Yeah, yeah, we're for we're, the job. We're for the jobs, which is yeah, mad. Which yeah. is again mad, and just like the fact that parents, like you know, I'm you know, I'm pretty young, don't have any children, yeah. but yeah, I can't, you know, you know, but. I think we can compare it again, mm. you know, to go back to Brexit, the idea of families, and I was part of such a family that basically it was so divisive that, you know, it was either mm. kind of don't talk to each other or put a ban in place yeah. or have like shouting matches over the dinner table. So, you know, I think that these things do divide people. Um, one of the things that we've not touched on, but is relevant to what you were just saying about this our social media and stuff um, is the um the fact that just before they go on to um the daily rip um oh, Riley yeah. Dina, ariana grande being amazing <laughs> uh, uh she has her section which of course like completely mm. overshadows everything else um and i think it's very funny yes, but it does the add to the celebrity no, culture I mean, element I, of all I, of this she doesn't you know there's a bit where she sings like a whole entire song on stage and like they were um she does, does, yes, yes, she gets converted like, it, to the cause. It's, it's interesting. Um, I don't know, like, how much of that is to also, like, promote her self-image? Like, you know, it's a kind of reflection of, like, when celebrities do join a cause. And, you know, I don't know. Anyways, um, but, no, I kind of, I 
Uh, what I, I love about this movie, I think it's both a, a strength to it, is that it's cringy. It's a cringe movie. Like, and and that part especially, I just, I just <laughs> it you know, it takes me a little deep, couple deep breaths to watch just because, like, okay, it's funny and that's what it's the satire. It's meant to be like that. But I do just sit there a bit yeah. and I'm like, okay, they're, they're like pushing me to the limit with how, how far you're taking. Is it even a joke anymore? Because I know like whoever wrote this <laughs> yeah. part was definitely having a laugh, but definitely wanted this bit in the movie just to like kind mm -hmm. of piss everyone off and just have those. No, it's good. It is good. But I was just like, oh my God. I don't know if I'm just very anti-pop. <laughs> I suppose that it does pick up on one thing you would say, which is this idea of that, you know, how how relevant is it when sort of you know celebrities who have no expertise whatever get involved but actually the power of that as yeah. well and the way that it can be used very positively i think is um is important as well so there's there's first of all there's like as you say the way that she uses her platform yeah. like for and, and it happens with the her her, her recent split from dj cello mm. uh all the sleepless nights she's had mm -hmm. uh which turns out to be like three nights oh, and it turns out no. they both cheated Mad. on each other with the same woman mm. <laughs> and then he asks her to marry him live on air you know this is all like you know she's like oh <laughs> you know am i gonna get to talk about my single it's the the money mm. money goes to the profits go to the manatee sanctuaries and so on but of course yes. yeah you know it's a whole lifestyle that is like public to to kind of for self-promotion but we give it a little bit of hope when mm -hmm. well when she mm. says you know fuck the manatees and just look up <laughs> don't care about that cause anymore but she is paralleled with the you know so that brief bit with the promotion of the film and there's the guy that's got like a, a mm. two arrow thing like a look up and look down badge and he's like oh you know just you know just want everybody <laughs> oh, no, to get this... along no oh, more politics terrible, which is terrible. such a thing Oops, we yeah, hear such a place of privilege like you're just you're in the middle like the, just obviously with you know the political spectrum whatever like centrist it's just like oh just you know i want to yeah i can see it from both sides but no and this is this is like another bit from that i was reading just like skimming over the alistair campbell bit was the um woke has become the catch-all term of abuse and derision to capture everything anything on the culture war front that can be used to suggest they mm -hmm. want to do something bad to us or take away some uh something good away from us there, there was me thinking woke meant that you had a social conscience and cared about others when in the hands of right wing media and right wing politicians like Suella Brahman, mm -hmm. you know, blah, 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 it keeps going. But like, that's that's true. Like, it's weaponizing that. But Yeah, weaponizing that, which is... Again, yeah. I'm very left wing. I've come to university and I've spoken to people who have different views to me. I'm no longer in this sort of like bubble of my friendship group where everyone has the same views. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I've had some very interesting conversations. Mm -hmm. But I do sit, like I do sit and chat with these people who kind of like don't necessarily their views don't align with mine and you know you can you can have slight differences but you know i met someone the other day who was like oh yeah like you know abortions is fine up until the age of 25 i think the law should be different you know once you're 25 yeah have that baby you can and they also but like right-wing politicians are so con like i was speaking to my boyfriend about this was like we were saying how oh like you know people who are pro-life are so like oh you have this child you must you know we must have this child whether you can support it or not like you know you you made that mistake you mm -hmm, made that choice yeah. blah, blah 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 but then uh, you know uh, I like completely anti people on welfare will be like oh if you can't support a child like 
you know your your family of three on like your on your you know on your mm. single job on your single salary job like you know then then you don't deserve to have children but then it's like you're not even giving people the choice or the or the like resources no, to no. support and I suppose what you're saying there you know regardless of 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 people's politics and I'm sure you know we mutually take a similar similar view in this show but there's something there about the idea of kind of logical inconsistency and creating um like a sense of demonizing people whatever they do like finding multiple ways of, of finding them wrong and i think that that's something that this this film is doing with present Orlean as well because there's a reference to the fact that you know this is the woman who said that um uh if you were poor you should choose better lottery numbers um and uh and also jason at the end when uh he's like you know and i want to pray for stuff because it's like there's <laughs> really good stuff and I'd miss it like cars and watches it's like this complete kind of mm. sort of um failure to to understand mm. anything beyond this kind of material privilege that they've got there's um some some kind of uh really interesting things about both people who are like very engaged for this sort of like as you say the like the pop rally and things like that and the people who are very engaged at the uh i was going to say make america great again rally but of course it's not it's a it's a don't look up rally which looks very similar to a trump rally um and then there's the the sort of moment with all, all of that where it actually kind of becomes real and people realize that that thing they can see in the sky is the comet and people mm. think that, you know, mm. that some some think oh they've been lied to and of course they were completely disempowered and disenfranchised by that point um and yet we also see at the end of the film that there's still news channels who are refusing mm. even to mention it because it doesn't exist it's a lie uh you know that's not the headline <laughs> so it brings us to think nicely onto this idea about kind of like the 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 sort of um people yes. and planet thing because we had separated out capitalism and mm. wealth as a yeah, point but I we kind so. of have talked about <laughs> yeah, I think, that one, I think. Yeah. so obviously that particular sort of thing about denial um and about not facing up to something mm -hmm. even when you can see it happening around you leads us to the the metaphor that's behind this this film which is the idea mm. of the um the climate crisis um there mm. are, I suppose one of the le levels of criticism that was placed in this was like, how successful can this metaphor be? You know, this is a, a, a comet that is seen within, you know, with six month window and a very extreme kind of um, uh, sort of having to come up with an idea of how to, to overcome it and so on. Whereas the climate mm -hmm. crisis is something that we have known about for a very long time. We know mm. how to defeat it um, and have done for a long time. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not that one-off sort of. I think it day. does. But I, I still yeah, think it no, works I mean, really well as a metaphor. Like, I mean, a metaphor's a metaphor. It's not. You're not trying to like illustrate a point dead mm. on. Like, I'm. Mean, that's that's. Well, what's the point? Yeah. Otherwise, it's not an yeah. effective literary device. If I'm like exactly explaining, it's like mm. the exact same things. You know. Yeah. But um. Yeah, no, yeah I th you're I think right. It's, exactly. I, think it's, I mean, it's like we're just talking about. You know, there's this storm like, at the time of recording. Storm last week. Do, do we remember what's it called? I can't. Remember storm Babbitt, you know and it came that you know chesterfield not too far from sheffield flooded and people were memeing it because that was i think there was a there's a video of some woman who was like oh kayaking back from work and she it's flooded like you can see that it goes like the water rises to the top of people's front mm -hmm. doors like that's how how much water there was and you were saying um 
yeah. yeah, I think one of your friends or something, their whole entire, like, you know, like the ground floor was flooded. It's awful. Yeah, entire house flooded. And of course, people died in the floods and we're talking about, yeah, you know, kind of like um, uh, life changing damage, um, yeah. even even in a country like ours. Uh, yeah, but it's but it's not being dealt with. And and we were like, oh, I, I, again, I'm, because I'm just like, oh, I don't, you know, it's really that into the news. I'll tell me like five years later, is this a thing that happens very often? You're like, no, this is a climate change thing. And it's, and it's happening. Mm. It is happening. Extreme weather events have always happened, but they are now on the rise. And this can be shown and it has been proved and modeled that you know this is off the scale of what would have been pre-industrial um exactly predictions so you know this is this is uh, exactly a direct impact you say we're seeing mm. those consequences um and yes i think you're right you know there's well, we're told um that it was the wrong sort of rain and that was why it was it was so bad but we are seeing increases in flooding it's one of the things incidentally that we talked about mm -hmm. years and years where there were the people were being displaced yes. for yeah. floods because we know it's one of the things that the climate crisis yeah. is going to impact on yeah. in britain that's one of the ways that it will happen um one of the things that I feel actually works well is this idea about mm -hmm. time pressure because the comet, yeah, okay, six months and so on, but we are avoiding the time pressure element, I think, in the climate crisis because the so the uh, the UN um, uh, latest sort of publications that I was looking at before this, um, which is um, uh, so this is the 2023 United in Science. Um, uh information that they provide um we're basically at the half time point of the 2030 agenda so these are the things yes. that we must do to um uh, uh act against a climate crisis and this is not stop things it is to lessen the bad impact you know that's what we're talking about and we are way mm -hmm. off track for those goals we had an increase in fossil fuel CO2 emissions yeah. globally by in 2022, when we're supposed to be, you know, working to, to reduce, reduce these. Yeah. Um, and of course, when we compare it with the film, what we're dealing with is this idea that the changes that need to be made are within the fossil fuel industries, industry owned by the very rich, mm -hmm. uh, and of course the behaviors of the very rich as well. We know, you know, it's very hard for you or I to think, oh, well, you know, we'll give up flying when you've got people taking private jets as yeah. the norm. And yeah. you know, that impact is far, far greater. So I thought, you know, it did give that idea of not only the the sense of um, putting putting financial gain from fossil fuels. We've seen this in the UK recently with uh, Rishi Sunak um, and the um, uh, North Sea Oil um, and family involvement in the uh, in the contracts um, and mm -hmm. the idea of basically um, granting more fossil fuel licenses completely yeah, against no, everything just, that we know has to be done. Yeah, it's just abandoning like all the plans that originally. Exactly. Yeah, and it feels oh. you know it's it's Sir Peter Isherwell all over the place, you know, sort of um, saying, oh, well, I don't know, what's the equivalent, something like, um, oh, well, we'll put in, um, going to put in carbon capture or I'm making these green policies uh, within my company that are either greenwashing or are um, not actually making the changes that are required. Well, how different is that really from saying, oh, we're going to mine a, <laughs> um, a comet? Um, I don't know, I think it works, yeah. I think it works. I think it does, well yeah. From that perspective. Um, mm. 
And I think that one of the things that it, it reminds us of is this idea that um, absolutely everybody is is impacted, um, but most of them are either ignoring it or, and this is of course particularly true of America, incomplete denial. As we know there's mm. quite a climate denial there. Um, but then we also have this idea that at the very end, people do draw together. And it was you were talking about this um, uh, quotation that um, is this this idea that mm. um, things were good. The idea that mm. you know things things really were um, uh, mm. were good. And why did why didn't we see it? And that I think was really very very telling um, mm. um, in that last bit. So um, Peter uh, Isherwell going off in his um, his spaceship um, yes. uh, while everybody else and it, I remember watching this for the first time and just thinking that moment we were just like oh god they're actually just gonna yeah they're die. just gonna go they're just gonna and um, also the president leaves her own son behind like I mean I would leave oh Jason behind but she doesn't <laughs> yeah. <just> forget him <laughs> yeah she just genuinely forgets him like still holding her handbag when he comes up yeah, literally in the end credit scene or whatever yeah. it's so funny yeah. like um no, I, I. But that's that's true. Like, it's not even funny. You know, there's you know, all these this like exploration of Mars and like that's the next planet. You know, mm. you know all this exploration of like, yeah. oh, let's plan, not save plan our planet, B. but plan to move yeah. on exactly. No, yeah, that's that's it. That's, yeah. We're not we're not trying to save the one we've got. We're just trying to find an alternative when the, yeah. like this. Exactly, we'll just sport, destroy so. this and move on. Exactly, um, and and you know, I think that there is something for me really very beautiful about the last meal that they share together mm. and this idea yes. that you know I'm grateful really we tried beautiful. and that gave me a little bit of hope about the sort of idea you know that okay people are trying you know we're putting um mm. making changes trying to effect change in government in society and the way that we live our lives we can feel very kind of hopeless in the same way that that the characters do i suppose um but we're not quite yet at the comet crashing into us point so mm -hmm. there is there's something quite hopeful there um yeah. and there's just i think you know like when the house is actually let's start it keeps like it's actually shaking and they're talking about like homemade apple pie versus store-bought apple pie and like how to get the best coffee and so on um and that kind of bravery right at the mm. end um we haven't mentioned Yule, and I feel that we should because you know we always talk about Timothy Chalamet when mm -hmm. we can. <laughs> <laughs> but Yule, this random guy. Yeah, he's such up. a weird character. Like I, weird I addition it, to things. Yeah. Now that yeah, now that we're chatting, like, <laughs> what was his? What 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 do you think his like sort of purpose within the cast was like? I think that there was a role for that character in the kind of. Um, to show the sort of disenfranchised youth who recognise a problem but didn't feel that they were able to to deal with it, engage mm. with it, um, and again, I think the idea of you know this this desire to do something but this sort of complete alienation from an entire system. And of course, he finds mm. a place in a group of people who ultimately draw together with the same beliefs but the inability to change anything. Um, and he only really comes into his own in the very kind of like final sort of stage. I mean, it's good for Kate because Kate, of course, had the dreadful journalist boyfriend who wrote a book about like having a mad girlfriend. Mm. Um, but, you know, so she gets she gets that kind of relationship at the end. Um, but I did want to reference the fact that 
one of the parts that Yule plays, I think, is to mm. counteract the toxic Christianity that, again, yes. feels much more relevant because of the American context. But you'll, you know, if you look out for the references, then you'll see how many times the president says things like, um, you know, blessings on you all, and particularly my party. And she says, uh, um, God and I thank you. <laughs> like they're the yes, same. Yeah. You know, and 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 Jason's prayer. Yeah, I mean it kind of goes off of like the, the GCSE history knowledge coming in here, like divine right of kings. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, just that idea that like you're chosen by like by mm. God to, to yeah. be put there. And especially and I, like yeah, with the narrative in like the US, you know, mm, that is exactly. such a, a pretty good campaign yeah. <laughs> campaign strategy. <laughs> yeah, exactly so. And of course again, you know, picking up that sort of strange coalition of sort of Trumpian republicanism mm. and um evangelical bible belt christianity um in the states which um uh i think you know it has it has a point that it's going to sort of make there but you'll by contrast of course you know mm. they sort of say at the internet this is not a religious household again you know america so uh, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps you know a little bit more kind of um church going practice in communities and so on but you'll leave mm-hmm. them in you know he says at the end he's like he's the one thing that he can do here is like he can lead the prayer and it's so beautiful um I, you know mm. even though you know it's it's not particularly sort of saying that necessarily the people there believe it but it's just a very nice sort of it's about humility and it's about grace and it's about all the things that people haven't shown mm-hmm. um in the film so i really liked that even though for other purposes he seems a little bit of a sort of like we're gonna put timothy chalamet in this film what should we do <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so um yeah so there's something very nice there about the sort of this this uh this kind of um this tragic ending but of yes. course you mustn't mm. turn off the film then because there is another no. couple of endings to go <laughs> mm, um, indeed Oh, and the president's ending. This is oh, <laughs> this is the bit. It was uh, the um. Oh, oh gosh, I the keep forgetting Bronto the character's name. Rock is the uh, the Bronto Rock, Rock exactly. Rock, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Peter Ishwell you know, had predicted predicted her death. This is the thing. We can even t- where he was like, "Our oh, science is so great. We can even predict how you're going to die." And and he was like, "Oh, do you want to know?" And she was like, <laughs> "Okay, go on." And a Bronto Rock, and he was like, "We don't know what that means." And she was like, oh, "Okay," and it's this kind of like. <laughs> There's this great setup for a joke. It's such a good setup. And then they get to this, you know, in a, co- a couple thousand years later, they finally reach like an Earth-like planet or something on on this spaceship that they've like sort of gone into sort of like crystalline crystal chambers or whatever. And, you know. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, no, she gets out and she's and you know everyone's inspecting this new planet they've just landed on and and she's and she's like, wow, look at these gorgeous animals, and they instantly just she gets attacked and it's it's actually quite gruesome oh couldn't have couldn't couldn't have happened to her <laughs> sort of nicer person though um, but yeah no it is funny and i think is it provides that great contrast to the fact that peter ishwell had also said to um randall that he mm. predicted his death and it was going to be miserable and alone and nobody would even remember what it was oh. but of course you know nobody would remember it it's due but he was actually in this beautiful family situation um yes. having having yeah. sort of you know, tried his best and so yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that that is nice. Um, let's go with final messages then, shall mm-hmm. we? Um, mm-hmm. So there's a message here about the ways that we 
think about and respond to and provide information on the climate crisis mm-hmm. um but i wonder if we want to kind of move past that sort of obvious one and yeah. think about kind of like what does it say about the politics and media and society as a sort of different take from the many sort of climate ones oh gosh i don't know i mean yeah well lots of what we're talking about is just you know it's the sort of you know capitalism driving this like innovation this mm-hmm. you know exponential growth which realistically cannot be supported yeah. with yeah. the limited resources that we have on earth and it, you know mm-hmm. it's finite and you know it's this sort of ticking time bomb that everyone seems to ignore and it and it is mm-hmm. it is that thing of like you have an issue you want to sh- shout and scream about it mm-hmm. but people don't want to hear that you know it's, yeah. it's kind of it is it is just li- like it mm-hmm. there's i mean great movie just just you know I'm I loved it but it was just yeah it is it is very no I mean it, that is the dystopia is the fact that no one wants to listen no, no one wants to listen wants exactly to listen. that's right and yeah so I think you're right it takes us back to these ideas around kind of listening to your experts mm. thinking about the way that we handle media being um, aware of kind of like what politicians may be trying to do particularly with certain agendas and so Mm. on so you know it it could be seen in the way i suppose that it is ultimately dystopian rather than just a reflection on our planet is Mm. that it it it, everyone dies Mm. except for peter ishwell and a handful (laughs) of other wrinkly white dudes who uh, got (laughs) cryogenically frozen ah there you go oh and and jason who is still trying to live stream the end of the world when he crawls (laughs) out of the rubble Um, but overall yeah it could be a very dispiriting film but i think that you know it's supposed to be a a wake-up call yeah i think it does it quite well Mm. i think i think it's yeah listeners go and change the world (laughs) we're taking away from this don't get don't rely on going to other planets you might be eaten by a bronto rock (laughs) indeed (laughs) yeah just look up i guess (laughs) yes just look up excellent okay (laughs) 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 next uh episode so two mm-hmm. weeks time we are going to be looking at the uh show the society mm-hmm. yes um which was uh for anyone who ever listens to the end of these podcasts uh we mm-hmm. reference the fact that this is a podcast that's produced in association with being society mm-hmm. being society is a project that particularly works with students and young people to bring ideas around um understanding uh, how a society philosophically idealistically and so on could be better um and how better decisions might be made and how you can play a part in those mm-hmm. but it also had its basic premise taken at least in part from the influence of the show the society because yes. it looks at the idea of throwing a bunch of teenagers into kind of um uh, a dystopian post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. existence so exactly. we feel it's quite relevant to where mm-hmm. we came from um yes uh so yeah so join us for that um that would be good and we're also going to do a couple of other things which i'll mention now mm-hmm. um which are that we'll put a list of our forthcoming episodes we're being a bit more organized so that mm-hmm. those of you who want to follow can watch ahead um we'll put those onto the being society website and also our podbean webpage uh, for the podcast so you'll be able to find what we're doing next there 
as well as on social media at um, Being Society, various handles on social media. And also, if you like the music that we reference, especially Marsha, she is oh, yes. a resident music person, um, then we've started to put together a really very random playlist of things that we talk about on the show, mm -hmm. um, which you can find uh, on Spotify. Uh, so you can look up the recommendations that Marsha has made in the past. Yes. Uh, update. My favourite Barbie song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might try and put um, a bit of a don't look um, the uh, the soundtrack from Day Look Up, maybe the, oh, yeah. the Ariana Grande. Actually, I it was quite good. Yeah, okay, yeah. maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll allow that one track, just that <laughs> one track, but know that I'm unhappy about it. Know <laughs> that I'm unhappy about it. But it's, that's my yeah, one but... pop addition to the playlist. There you but... go. There you go. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so look out for that. Um, we'll mm -hmm. keep um, trying to develop things. Let us know um, what you think. Um, email us or um, comment on social media. Yes. Rate and review our podcast. All of that. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Okay. <laughs>